Well, good morning, and welcome to Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. This is David Gorsman. You should rejoice and be glad in it. Well, happy Independence Day, y'all. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wasn't it great to wake up in a country where we're still free, we can still gather together in His house and worship Him because of our freedom. Thanks be to Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Our God is good. And let me tell you, though, we better stay in the Word of God. We're going to end up losing those freedoms. Because where the Spirit of Christ is, there is liberty, the Bible tells us. And by the way, it's Christ who brings about freedom in all things and in all ways. All right. So if you wouldn't mind, I want to share with you a few announcements. But first of all, if you're visiting with us, I want to say welcome to Robertson Avenue. Take the time, please, to fill out the visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place an offering place to come around so we can have a record of your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. Next thing I want to do is invite you to our upcoming events. Number one, Saturday, July 10th, y'all, we're having an OCC. We'll have our very first workshop. The time will be from 10 to 12 on Saturday. And the children's department come and be a part of that. We're asking you to come and help out and prayerfully be a part of that as well. Have a little bit of a, a note I'd like to share with you. The Bible, the Bible says, the note says, Reminder that the OCC workshop is this Saturday, July 10th at 10 a.m. in the Children's Department. The workshop will cover all that Robertson Avenue Baptist Church does in Operation Christmas Child Ministry. Everything from collecting and crafting to fundraising to packing parties to National Collection Week and more. You don't want to miss it. If you would like to get involved, there are a variety of ways you can help and be in service to the Lord to help spread the gospel with this wonderful ministry. It's also a lot of fun, too. Let me tell you, I was a partaker of it last year, and I had a blast. Everyone is encouraged to attend. There will be refreshments provided. If you have any questions, please reach out to Sister BJ or uh, anybody. Well, just go to BJ, our OCC project leader. All right. Uh, If you'll look out in the foyer, you'll see that we have lots of items out there. And those items are going to help with our OCC shipping fund. Uh, There are some more pomegranate jelly. I understand that lasted one day. So there's, there's been a replenishing of that. Times of refreshing are upon us. And so those jams and jellies are $5 a jar. And so all that donation will go to help with our OCC shipping fund. So, but also when it comes to OCC and the more fundraiser we have for that, we have our OCC Fajita fundraiser coming up for uh, July 30th. Ticket sales will end July 28th. It is a fundraiser. We're asking for $8 for each adult. Uh, we're going to have beef or chicken or mixed fajitas. Children six years, uh, up to 12 or $5 a piece. Uh, and incidentally, they'll also have rice, beans, dips, sauces, drinks, and desserts. And of course, they'll have some premier desserts for a dollar a piece as well. So come and be a part of that. And if you need some more information on it, Sister uh will be available for that to answer some of your questions. All right. I also want to remind you all that starting next week, not tomorrow, but next week on July 12th, we'll begin our uh, Experiencing God uh, Bible class. If you're interested in that, come and be a part of that. Still time to sign up for that. I think we have a total of 15 books. We have 14 uh, sign-ups already. So if you're interested in it, we do have a few extra youth books we're willing to give out. And so come and be a part of that. Those books are $8 a piece for you. We're asking you to spend uh, 50% of that to help cover the book cost on that. All right. Uh, with that being said, I remind those on my ministry team that next week at 4 o'clock we'll be at the ministry team meeting. And, of course, be in prayer for our upcoming Promise Keepers, leaving out July 16th through the 17th. Also, church, be in prayer for the girls' youth camp. 
It's going to be July 15th through the 17th. Uh, our admin team, for FYI, has been moved to July 24th. And we'll have another OCC craft day coming up July 31st. It's a busy month this month. So please be in prayer about the things. Did I forget everything? Did I get everything? That was a lot. Praise God. All right. Huh? That's right. Sister Esther has sign up sheets as well for volunteers to help with that fajita um, fundraiser for cooking, for cleaning, and for preparation. I think she wants to start preparing the day before, right? So if you're interested in it, perfectly consider being a part of that. Sign up on that and get involved with it. We need you, and we want you to be a part of that. All right. With that being said, I have something very special I do for today, Independence Day. I ask the guys in the back. Yeah, that's right. We are going to do that. Uh, so <laughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, let's rise and welcome one another, and then we'll continue on with our service. Father God, we come to you now in Jesus' name. We want to thank you so much for the opportunity to gather in the house. Lord, we ask you to take charge of this time right now. If there be anybody that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, or anybody, Father God, that needs to get their heart right with you, their walk right with you, you let today be that day. I'm also praying, Father God, that you would help us to work with you. Maybe work with you in truth of spirit. May your spirit just fall and touch each and every one of us. Refresh us on this Independence Day, Lord. And I pray if there be anybody who's caught in bondage today, slavery, Lord, or caught up in bondage to the devil, would you let today be their real Independence Day? They're caught up in sin. Would you let today be the day they find freedom in Jesus Christ, Lord? And I just pray that your name will be glorified and magnified. And I'm asking you to be here with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please rise and welcome one another for just a few minutes. everybody. You'll start making your way back to see it. I do have one more announcement I need to remind you of. Small housekeeping one. Number one, uh, tonight service will be canceled uh, due to the uh, Independence Day. However, we are going to gather together about 5 o'clock, somewhere around there, 515, uh, for a uh, fellowship, a very small devotion, uh, and a potluck. So you need to come and be a part of that as well. And let me tell you, a Baptist potluck is not something to miss. Amen. Come and be a part of that. Somebody asked me once before, said, Pastor, why did you choose a Baptist church? Well, number one, God put me in a Baptist church. Number two, I stay in a Baptist church because the potlucks go like this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so, when I was growing up as a Christian, we used to call those things dinner on the ground. Nowadays, we just call them a good old-fashioned dog, right? Dinner on the ground. 
So come and be a part of that. And just go back there and join us in petting our dog. Amen? All right. So thank you for that and be a part of that. We're going to break out about 6.37 o'clock. I'll be done with services. And we'll go watch the fireworks in the city park. So if you'd be in prayer for us, I'm going with a gospel, uh, with a handful of gospel tracts. And so we'll get out and invite everybody we can to Robertson Avenue, and we'll get to enjoy uh, fireworks and uh, remembering what it took to make this country free. This freedom is not free, y'all, and it costs so much. And we are so grateful for everybody who served, everybody who's given the ultimate sacrifice, and all families who are part of that. And as we remember that today, I've asked the guys in the back, the gentlemen in the back who served honorably, uh, if they would lead us in the same of the Pledge of Allegiance today. Brother Dave, Brother C.B. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Yes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I've asked Michael Reynolds if he would come and share with us just a minute or two about his experience at youth camp. And so he just got back this week. And so he is coming right now to share with us what it meant to him. I do have a short video with highlights from that youth camp. I wonder if we could play that right now.
Thank you all very much. Brother Robert? Good morning, Robertson Avenue. Happy 4th of July, 2021. Let's all stand, please. The songs that the Lord gave you today are not uh, any additional, uh, what do you call 4th of July stuff. What we're going to do today is we're going to sing praises to the God that created this country. Let's all start off with, we bring the sacrifice of praise.
Amen. Can't beat a good choir special. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me please to the book of Acts. To the book of Acts. You get a very interesting, informative message called, Walk Like a Duck, Talk Like a Duck, Not a Duck. <laughs> One of my favorite messages. Uh, I've had a lot of fun writing it, and throughout the week I was inspired and I think my secretary, Monica, will probably come back and check on me a couple times. She's like, why are you getting so loud in there, Josh? I was in revival, y'all. Tell you what, I was having a blast. And, you know, when God speaks, that is something to rejoice about. Amen? And, you know, as we celebrate this Independence Day on Fourth of July, I want to take a moment just to recognize what all the United States has done. I want you to think about that for a second. Since our beginning in the year 1776, we have fought in several conflicts. We've been involved in several wars, and we have lost a lot of American lives. Let me tell you, in the year 1776, we fought for eight years the Revolutionary War. And just shortly after that, of course, the War of 1812. We moved into there to the French, uh, excuse me, to the Spanish-American War. And from there, uh, even all the way into the Mexican-American War. And first, we've just been involved in conflict after conflict after conflict. From there into World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq and Freedom, Desert Storm, Desert Steel. It seems like we had so many in those last 10 to 15 years. We can't name them all. Somewhere in there, you have a family member. You have someone you love who was touched by those conflicts. So this 4th of July, we take time to remember as the fireworks go off. Take time to remember. That is what they endured for our freedom. That is the picture of the bullets and the shells and the missiles and the bombs blowing up so that we might be free. Amen? Don't ever forget the price they paid for our freedom. And if you are an American soldier today, man or woman, veteran, retired, or currently serving, we say thank you from the bottom of our heart. God bless you, American soldiers. You know, there was another set of freedom that we owe because we were caught up in a bondage we could never pay. We owe a debt we can never come close to paying. The debt of sin. The debt of death. Even in our state of sinfulness, He came and He paid the price. My Bible tells us that we put upon the marquee this week, who the Son is set free, He is free indeed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you are not set free this morning, that is my prayer, that God will speak to you and God will touch you, that God will open your heart to hear His Word this morning. This message is titled, Walk Like a Duck, Talk like a duck, not a duck. If you are one of those, not a duck this morning, even though you talk like them, even though you walk like them, even though you're going where other ducks go, you better get saved. You ever heard that old saying, sir? To walk like a duck, and it talks like a duck, and it must be a duck. Well, that does not apply in Christianity because you have people who walk like Christians, who talk like Christians, who carry big Bibles, have Jesus saved, tattooed in all caps on their forehead, and they're not Christians. 
on their front windshield of their car. They got 14 Jesus Saves bumper stickers. When they get out, they wear big crosses and they have plastic Jesuses everywhere they go. And they're not Christians. But they walk like a duck. They talk like a duck. Everything out of their mouth is, oh, by the grace of God, oh, bless your heart. Incidentally, you ever heard that old saying in, in the South? When some woman tells you, bless your heart, what she's really saying is, you're as dull as they come. <laughs> you ever heard that? So the next time a southern woman looks down at you with pity and says, bless your heart, what she's saying is, somebody sold you a hog, son. Woo, let me tell you, you need to get set free from that, right? It walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. Then it must be a duck. And we have a picture of some ducks here for you this morning. Aren't they cute? Aren't those wonderful little quackers there? I had a little duck as a boy. We named them Peepers. And I loved them till I stepped on them, you know. And then he didn't walk anymore. And he didn't talk about a day later. And I didn't know what to do with them except for cry, you know. And then we had some baby ducks like that. Don't those ducks look cute? You can tell that those are ducks. You can take a look at them. And without a doubt, you can notice they're ducks. And you should be able to do that with Christians. The Bible tells us we're supposed to be a looking Christian. And church judge them by the fruit they bear. The problem is, is the church is quit judging by the fruit. We've taken scriptures that says, Thou shalt not judge, and think that applies to us looking at other Christians. It doesn't. We often think that we shouldn't judge anything, and we should have an opinion on nothing. We're all, we should have an opinion about everything. We have the Word of God in our hearts, in our lives, in our hands, in this building. And we should be telling the world what to do, not the other way around. We're supposed to be judging righteous judgment according to the Word of God. And we're supposed to be kind of walking and talking like a God. The problem is, though, if we let people come in and say, Don't judge! Don't judge! Don't judge! You know what else we did? We let them impress us with big leaves, with big green leaves, with absolutely positively no fruit. They shake a lot of branches, but there's no fruit on it. And we think a healthy branch is what we're supposed to look for. The Bible says, no, you judge the tree by the fruit in its hands. So what is the fruit we're looking for? You already know. God's Spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, gentle, joyful, and self-controlled. If that Christian is not controlling himself, he's probably not quite as saved as he thinks he is. Can I get amen on that this morning? So you're not quite as ducky as you thought you were. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Let's start in verse 11. We're going to do a little bit of reading this morning. We're not going to hurry up a little bit. It's a very special day, and it's a very special time. And like I said before, we are canceling services this evening, though we are going to meet in the fellowship hall for a potluck, a very short devotional by me. And uh, we'll get out there to the uh, city park, and we'll watch some fireworks. And I hope to run into you out there. If you see me, pray for me, because you know I'm going out there with a cooler full of water, and I'm going out there with a handful of gospel packs. I'm going to give them away, and I'm going to invite them to Robertson Avenue Baptist Church and pray for me. And if you got half a mind, come out there and join me. There is a lost city out there, y'all, that needs Jesus Christ. They're dying in their sins, and they have no answer. They have no hope. They're trying to find hope in Oprah Winfrey, y'all. They're trying to find hope in the president. We've got the answer, Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 16, look at me here in verse 11. The Bible says, Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis. And from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia, a colony. 
And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. And skip it up to verse 16. The Bible says, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed, and I love that verse in the Bible. Christians can get annoyed, y'all. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. I have a map for you. I'd like to see where Philippi is right now. It is just underneath Thrace there. And you can look to the left and see Macedonia and Thessalonica in Europe. There you see Philippi. I kind of made it bold for you there as much as I could. And uh, it's an interesting place. It is one of the first places. It is the first place that Paul and Luke uh, visit in the Macedonia area. Remember, they received that vision of a Macedonian man. A lot of Bible scholars interpret as Luke himself. And, of course, Luke joins in in the conversation. Now, it suddenly goes from, from third person to first person in the dialogue, meaning that Luke was now with them. And a lot of people believe that vision was Luke. I'm happy to agree with that statement. And there they start moving off. In the very first place they go, answering that call, that vision, is Philippi. And when they get there, this is the first thing that happens. They go through Riverside. They meet a woman named Lydia. She's a seller of purple. She gets saved. She gets baptized. Her whole household does. She's a rather wealthy woman. And, of course, the church starts meeting in there. Paul and uh, Silas and Luke end up casting this demon out of this possessed girl. And, of course, that makes an uproar. They throw a fit. They arrest the apostle Paul, and he gets put in prison. Where? Guess who the next person is to get saved? The Philippian jailer. Go like this. Amen? One of my favorite stories right there. And so let's take a look at some of those together as we look at the Apostle Paul here. Paul at the riverside. Paul went to where the people prayed. Now, that's going to be our number one lesson this morning as we're looking into those that walk like a duck, those that talk like a duck, may not actually be ducks. In fact, we need to start looking, as the Bible says, at the fruit they bear. And you might be sitting in the pew this morning stating, I don't know if I'm a Christian pastor. I don't know if I'm truly saved. I want you to know you should settle that in your mind and in your heart at the end of the service. In fact, you shouldn't even wait. You should come on down out right now and put Jesus in your heart. Don't wait another minute. You need to get that decision squared away. But Paul went to where the people prayed. He went to the Riverside Church. He went to where he knew people were praying. And I want you to know that you, as a Christian, need to go to where people are praying. You know where people are praying here in Copper Cove? You say, when the churches? No, 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 no. Paul wasn't at a church. Paul was at a riverside. Where are people praying in Copper Cove? You want to know a great place to start your witnessing day? Go down to the civil court, amen? They're all praying. You know what? They're standing in line and Oh, God, get me out of the ticket. <laughs> Every one of them praying. And you need to get down there and share the gospel with them. You know the Son, and the Son can get them out of the great court day they have coming up. Paul went to where the people prayed. And we need to learn that lesson. Go to where the people are. Go to where they're praying. Those that are praying, even though they may not know Jesus, they are searching for God. Do you remember before you met Jesus, how many times you cried out, God, get me out of this mess, and I'll never do it again. 
Some folks are laughing, and the others are looking around saying, Are you talking to me? Yes, I am. And I went to where the people prayed. And we need, as a church, to start going to where the people are praying, where they're searching for God, in other words, where they're looking for God, where they have questions about God, where they're starting to say, I can't find Him, and or where they've created their own idea of what God should be like. These ladies met at the riverside because they were searching for God, and they created their own outreach, if you will, their own way of worshiping, their own way of saying, we need to find God. And Paul showed up there. What do you think happened when Paul showed up with the Word of God? He started talking to them. The Bible says that he met the people there. We need to start talking and taking the gospel to where the people are. The gospel is social. It's not meant, listen to me now, and I don't want you to get mad at me, but it's not meant to be shared over Facebook. It's not meant to be shared out on Twitter, even though those things are good. It's not meant, the gospel is not, forward this and you'll get a blessing in three days. The gospel is, you need Jesus Christ, you need to repent of your sins, and you need to get saved. And the only way that happens is heart-to-heart, face-to-face, conversations with people. And Paul left the comfort of his home, left the comfort of where he was, to go out to where the people were, and he talked with them. Please note that Paul went to the people they were praying. He went first there. He knew where they were ought to pray, the Bible says, where there was often prayer time. doesn't matter who they were praying to. Paul showed up and said, I know you're searching for the one true God, and I know Him, and you can know Him through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. You can reach out to Him, and that's what Paul did there. And so we see as Paul begins his particular journey here in Philippi. He goes to that riverside. He meets the people there. He sends the gospel with the people there, and he meets Lydia. So Paul met the people there. We need to make the time to meet the people where they are and understand why they are there. Understand why they are there. How many of you know that the gospel has answers for everybody? The gospel has answers for everything. The gospel has what this world needs. And this world needs a Savior. Amen? This world needs a reason to keep hoping. This world needs a reason to keep on keeping on. Because things right now can only get worse. And it seems like they're getting worse, doesn't it? It seems like every country is turning their back on each other. It seems like there's civil unrest everywhere you go. Not just the United States, y'all. It's worldwide. As this world gets ready for the appearance of the Antichrist, we need to start getting ready. We should already be sharing the gospel with everybody we meet. He is the answer, y'all. Jesus is the answer. Paul met those people there, and he made the time to meet them. He met them where they are, and he understood why they were there. Now, let's move on into this little bit of, of relationship with Lydia. The reason why we're bringing this out is because Paul met Lydia, and the church first started meeting in her house. You ever read that little letter in your, in your Bible called Philippi or the Philippians? That goes to the church that meets in Lydia's house. Lydia opened up her house for the church to meet there. She is a wonderful person. She's a seller of purple. And Paul could not have had a better friendship. Why? 
because the Apostle Paul needed her in his life. She's a wealthy woman. If you'll read through the, the book of Acts here, you'll find out that Lydia is from a whole different city. She just came down to Philippi to sell some purple there. That means if she has a house in Philippi, she's doing so well she has not just one house, but two. That's right. She's a wealthy person. And Paul met her. She sells purple. And of course, as we know, purple was the color of royalty. Remember when Jesus was crucified? The Roman soldiers outfit Jesus in a purple robe to mock him and his supposed divinity. Well, as you know the rest of the story, Paul does end up casting out the demon. We're going to go back to that in just a second. He's thrown in jail for that because it lost their source of income, and a miracle happens at that jail. Paul starts singing praises to God at midnight. An earthquake comes, the jails are opened up, and out walks the Apostle Paul. He leads the Philippian jailer to Christ, and he and his whole household are saved. Isn't that wonderful? You might be sitting there this morning in the pew saying, I want my household to get saved. I'm right there with you, brother. I am praying for my children every day that Father God would reach out and touch them. And I hold on to that hope right there in the book of Acts where the, the Bible says the Philippian jailer was saved and baptized he and his whole household. And it's my prayer that every one of my children would come into that loving, personal, intimate, saving relationship with the God of this universe, Jesus Christ. I hold on to that. And I hold on to that promise, if you will, that Philippian jailer got saved. Now let's look into our demon-possessed girl. So look back with me in Acts chapter 16. We're in verses 16 and 18, and we'll actually get started with this morning's message. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. That means she could predict the future. That means that if you brought her today, she would be able to tell you if the Cowboys are going to win next time or not. That means she could tell you if the Rangers or the Astros were going to win. That means she could tell you about the Dallas Mavericks or the Houston Rockets. She could do fortune telling. Not just that, but she could tell you what was going to happen in your future. And it brought a lot of money to her master. The Bible says she is possessed. Look at me again in verse 16. A slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. She has a devil in her, y'all. Let me tell you, divination, fortune-telling, is a demon spirit. Amen? The Bible tells us in verse 17, This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Can you imagine that? Just to get the picture in your head here. Paul, Silas, and Luke are walking down the street, and this poor demon-possessed girl is walking behind them, yelling just as loud as she can, these men are the servants of the Most High God. Everywhere they went, every second, on the second, she never stopped yelling. The Bible says, and she says, they proclaim to us the way of salvation. Wait a minute, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that picture? The devil is praising God. What do you think is happening here? Remember the title of this morning's message. Walk like a duck, talk like a duck. Not a duck. This she did, the Bible says in verse 18, for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, blessed God, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. i got a picture here of what that might have looked like. We had a little 
fortune telling going on here, and you got to see the picture a little early, amen? There she is right there behind Paul, Luke, and Silas. And she's screaming out at the top of her lungs, These men are the servants of the Most High God, and they proclaim to us the way of salvation. This girl followed Paul. Followed. You see that? She walked with him. She was following him. She walked with him. In other words, she walked just like a duck. Can you hear it right now? Quack, quack. Can you hear it? And you might be sitting in those pews this morning thinking, I'm walking like a Christian. I'm walking like a Christian. But deep down in your side, in your heart, you are full of the devil. Deep down in your heart, you're worried about where your next beer is coming from. You're worried about where your next drug is coming from. You're worried about where your next hit is coming from. Or when you get home to your next pornography bout, you're walking like a duck. You're even talking like a duck here in the church. But you are far from a duck. You might be just like this poor demon-possessed girl who's walking after the Apostle Paul. She's even talking just like them. These men proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this happened for many days. She walked like a duck. The Bible tells us she talked like a dog. Remember what she said? These men proclaim to us the way of salvation. You might be able to sit in that pew and quote your Bible better than anybody in this church. You might be able to correct me on theology. You might be able to change my way of thinking. But you're far from a duck. You're more like a demon possessed girl. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's not always a duck. She spoke all the right Christian words. In fact, when a Christian person would start a church in this day and age, they would go, listen to me now, they would go right up to an idol's temple. They'd go right up on the steps and start preaching. They didn't walk around and shake people's hands and kiss people's babies and say, Jesus loves you. They would walk right up on the steps, right in front of that temple, and they would say, there is one God, and He sent one Son to die for you because you are lost in your sin. And naturally, that created one heck of an uproar. It sure did. It, you were talking about disrupting some worship services. Try that in an Islamic mosque. Somebody say amen. Try that in a Jehovah's Witnesses church. Try that in a Mormon temple. Try that anywhere else but in a Christian church and see what happens. The exact same result that Paul had. Some people came by and said, I believe. Now, what do you mean? Paul would start ministering to those few, and it would grow and grow. And they would stay a couple of years and move on. And then Paul would hear how that church was going, and he would write them the letters that you have in the New Testament. Now, this demon-possessed gal, she spoke all the right Christian words. She spoke Christianity. She was able to answer the questions. Have you been born again? Yes. Are you washed in the blood? Yes. Have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? Yes. Have you been baptized? Have you been what? Right. She could speak all the Christian words. And she walked right after Paul and Simon. But the Bible tells us she had a devil in her. Think about that for a second. This she did for many days. In other words, she had absolutely positively no relationship with Jesus. How do we know that? The Bible tells us that, doesn't it? The Bible says, what concord does Christ have with Belial? What is Belial? The devil. So why did Paul get annoyed? The devil was doing his work for him. How many of you would say, praise God, i got it easy now. Praise God, I can kick back and relax. The devil's going to do my preaching for me. 
She was bringing people in, right? The question is, how come they were not getting saved? She was walking behind them, proclaiming the message they were proclaiming. So I have a minister friend about seminary. He used to go to the bar. And I'd love it if he went there to preach, but he wasn't going there to preach. He went there to do what everybody else was doing. Oh, he'd give out his business card. Oh, he'd give out gospel tracts. Oh, he'd invite them to church. And then he'd come into my office and say, why aren't they coming? And I would say, because you got a devil in you. And you're no different than me. That they look at you and judge the fruit you bear, then they say, I don't need to change because you have to change. Somebody say amen to me. Why did Paul get annoyed? Because this devil was making the message loud and clear to the people that you don't have to change. You can be just like me and still say the same things they're saying. You can still walk the same way they're walking. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ says, you must be born again. And when you're born again, you have a brand new life. You have a brand new way of thinking. You have a brand new relationship. You become a brand new person. Amen. This devil walked right behind Paul. Paul got annoyed because the message was, you don't have to change and stay exactly the way you are. You can be full of the devil and preach. Wrong. Wrong. If you're full of the devil and preach, that's why our churches are so empty today. That's why our deaconship is so wasted today in the ministry, not at Robertson Avenue, worldwide. Because our deacons are full of the devil. Our pastors are full of the devil. You want to hear a startling statistic? Are you ready for this? This will blow your socks off. This comes out of Christianity today. And I don't really hold to Christianity today. But 90% of pastors, 90% of them, over the last 10 years, admit to having some sort of sexual sin. While as a pastor. And if that's the state of the pulpit, what do you think the state of the pews? They're full of the devil walking behind saying, These men are preaching the way of salvation. And nobody's saying. Walking like a duck and talking like a duck. But you ain't very ducky. Why did Paul get annoyed? He got annoyed because the message was loud and clear. I don't have to change and I'm doing what they're doing. So you can just stay the way you are. That's exactly what the devil wants. He doesn't want you to change. He doesn't want you to be born again. He doesn't want you to know that Jesus Christ commands change in a believer's life. There was no difference between the messenger and the listener. So why change? I spoke to that minister and said, I should do the same thing they're doing. They're never going to change. If they think you can go there and have church inside that bar, they think they're going to go to that bar and be in church. Me in Second Corinthians chapter six. Look at me in verses fifteen and sixteen. The Bible says, "And what accord have Christ with Belial? Belial means the son of the devil. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people." Look at this next picture here. Walk like a duck. Talk like a duck. Not necessarily a duck. And that's what happens when we meet like that. We're not quite so ducky, are we? Even though we speak like them, 
We talk like them. We walk right behind them saying, look at me. Look at these people. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at my church. Look at my church family. Y'all come. Y'all come. Y'all come. How come they're not coming? Because a real Christian can see it's that easy. A non-Christian thinks, hey, I could be just as ducky as that person is. No problem. Let's look at the second picture here. We're almost done. Walk like a duck. Talk like a duck. Not necessarily duck. Let's jump over to Acts chapter 19. Let's look at one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. It's one of the most misunderstood stories, and sometimes it's often evaded by past. We're going to look at the seven sons of Shabbat. That's how you say his name in Greek. Shabbat. Hebrew actually Shabbat. Now I know you want to say Shiva, but it's not. It's Shabbat. You actually pronounce it. Acts chapter 19, verses 13 and 17, the Bible says, In some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, let me translate that for you in modern-day English, some of the religious phony balonies took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, I read Greek very well, I read Hebrew very well, and I want to give you a good Greek word this morning you could use for people like that. Are you ready? Because you've got to say it after me. Balagna. Literally, it means baloney. <laughs> you know, I love a good joke, and I love a good pun on words. Some people hate puns. They just make my day when I get a good pun. Ooh, you know, my eldest son came home this week, just for a minute, a break here, just for a minute. My eldest son came home, and he's been spending some time with me, but not very much time, though. We've barely seen that kid. He's been gone and gone and gone and gone and gone. But anyway... Betsy came to me the other night. She said, Josh, are you sure Josh was our son? I said, well, don't you remember what happened? She said, well, you know, the other day I, I questioned it so much. I, when he fell asleep, I took a T-tip and I took a swab out of his mouth. And I ran it up to the local medical office. They did a DNA scan and they found out he's not my son. What's going on here? I said, well, you got to remember, honey, what happened? She said, what happened? I said, you remember the day we took him out of the hospital? She said, no. I said, yeah, you got to remember. Remember? As we were leaving, he filled up his diaper and you said, go and change him. Someone got a clean kid. That is not true, y'all. I love a good pun on words. <laughs> and right now, some of y'all say, Christ will set you free. I want to be free from those jokes, Pastor. Acts chapter 19, verses 13 to 17, the Bible says, And some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Let me, let me give you a little bit of detail on this right here. These guys were seven sons of Shabbat, and they had a living going around blessing people and casting demons out. You know, when I first got licensed in the ministry, I first went off to Brownwood, the Bible school, and I made the mistake of putting in the phone book Reverend Joshua Morrison. I got a phone call every day for the next six months. It said, Pastor, my house is haunted. You know, I could have made a good living doing what these guys do. That's exactly what they were doing. You understand the situation? Pastor, my kid is possessed. I think, well, you know what? Get yourself a rod and beat the devil out of him. That's what the Bible says. Can I get an amen on that? We're now facing the problem of a country that stepped away from the Word of God. 
We have kids that do not believe in any authority whatsoever. Why? Because we have decided to go against the authority of the Word of God. These itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest. Get the picture there? A Jewish chief priest. Seven sons. They can never live up to what dad wanted them to be. Are you that kind of dad? They can never be good enough. They started their own religious kind of thing. Look here in verse 15. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who in the world are you? You see that right there? They decided to say, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Pardon the pun, but literally what he's saying here is, Who in the devil are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and ruined them. Look at verse 17. It became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. They were walking like ducks. They were talking like ducks, but they weren't very ducky, were they? I know in the Christian life, we often say sheep, don't we? Can we change that around a little bit for the year 2021 and say, we're not just sheep in God's field, we're ducks too, amen? And so, if you think about it for a second, they weren't quite walking the right way, were they? They weren't quite talking the right way, even though they had all the dialogue down. i got a picture here for you of the seven sons of Shabbat. And maybe that's what it looked like. And in the middle there is the demon-possessed guy, and he's just commencing to beat the tar out of those fellows. The Bible says he ripped the beard out of their face. The Bible says they leave that house wounded and naked. He took their clothes off. Man. That's, you know, that's to shame them. They left that house ashamed of what they had done. Notice, however, that those sons are not named. Only the father is. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Being an artist. Seven sons of Shabbat. You get to other dads in the Bible, and their names, their sons are named. We have Abraham, the son of Isaac. We have Isaac, the son of Jacob, right? And Esau. We have Jacob's son, 12 of them, and most of us can't name all 12 of the patriarchs, can we? But we don't even know a single name of the seven sons of Shabbat. We can name Noah's sons, Ham, Shem, and Jacob. We can name them, can't we? But we don't name these sons. Why? Why? Not even the devil knows who they were. That's the case. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? And we know they're charlatans. And they took it upon themselves to start walking like a duck. Literally and honestly, if you want to know the truth of the story, they were impressed with what they saw Paul do. But the Bible, if you read the story just a little bit before, Paul would walk by and his shadows would fall over sick and demon-possessed people and they were healed and the demon would cast them to cast down on just on his shadow. And they were so impressed by that power that they said, we're going into this house, we're going to get rid of this particularly violent demon and walk in there and say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, get out. And the demon, boy, I can imagine a smile on his face. 
Jesus I know. Most definitely, everybody knows Jesus. Amen. Even the devil knows Jesus. Paul I know. Who are Jesus? They took it upon themselves to say those words. They talked like a duck. And they walked into that house. They walked like a duck. on Jesus so But they were not God. Paul I know. Jesus I know. Who are you? And that's going to bring us to our last point this morning. You might have been sitting there for the last year saying, I've been calling on Jesus. The Bible says, I call on the name of the Lord. I shall be saved. I've been sitting here in my seat saying, Jesus, 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 help me. Some Jesus is not helping you. The truth is, is you might be in that category of the seven sons of Shabbat. You might be sitting there saying, I don't really want anybody to know me. I don't want my name known. I don't really want to be out there, but I do want to get involved in a little bit of what's going on in this Christian business. Or perhaps you might say, well, their dad was known. We got his name in the Bible, seven sons of Shabbat. Maybe my mom and dad are good enough to get me saved. Well, Wrong. You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus all by yourself. And you might be saying there saying, My son or my daughter is a good Christian and they'll get me to heaven. Wrong. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus all by yourself. You know what Jesus said? He said, There's going to be many at the end of time who come before him. He'll say, Lord, didn't you know us? We gave you clothes. We fed you. We clothed you. We visited you. And Jesus is going to say, Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I don't know. You need to get to know him this morning. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, the first thing you need to do is realize that trying to act like a duck doesn't make you a duck. Trying to talk like a duck doesn't make you a duck. Trying to walk like a duck doesn't make you a duck. Being born again, no. Trying to walk like a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Trying to act like a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Trying to talk like a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Being born again, no. Would you be willing to come down the aisle this morning and put Jesus in your heart? Or perhaps you have been saved, but you need to go on with your obedience. And you've been sitting there fighting with Jesus, saying, I refuse to be baptized. I don't understand why. Or you might be sitting there in the pew saying, I will not be a part of this church. I can't be a member of it. It's time to hear what Jesus said. And be willing to come down the aisle and be born again. Surrender to whatever Jesus is calling you. Like my friend so many years ago, you've been starting to act more like non-ducks than the ducks you are. And you're wondering why your ministry's failing and failing. You say, how come God's not blessing you? It takes a lot more for God's blessing than a quack, amen? you got to start surrendering. And that means you got to learn to say no to yourself. And yes, you be willing to come morning and say, I need God in my life. You have to talk to me, talk to Jesus, right? Or perhaps He's calling you to be a member of Robertson Avenue. Or perhaps online this morning, you are watching and you're convicted and I hope and pray you are and Jesus is speaking to you. I want you to know that you need to come and be a part of what God is doing in Robertson Avenue. 
Or perhaps you need to just do it now. Whatever it is, we're going to pray. Now, can you pray on it? Give me an opportunity to pray. Get it right with Jesus. Father, it comes down to Jesus' name. And I just pray, Lord, right now on Independence Day, that you would speak to those, Lord, who need to be set free from their sin, Lord. Those who be set free from whatever's controlling them or whatever's holding on to them. Would you let today be the day they find real independence in you? Well, also pray, Lord, for those who need to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior. Take charge of this time. Speak to their hearts. Give them courage, Lord, today to come forward and put you in their hearts and their lives. Perhaps, Lord, there's one morning and need to get their walk right. They would like to get with you right. You let today be that day. Bless you and praise you. In Jesus' name. If you come with your sins, turn your eyes upon Jesus.
Amen. God bless you all. We wish you all a very happy and wonderful 4th of July. Don't forget, evening services are canceled, but we are going to be here about 5 o'clock uh, for a fellowship, hot luck, and a short devotion by Pastor, and then we'll swing out to go and watch the flowers. Don't forget, Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30, and let me tell you, you don't want to miss that Bible study. Uh, don't forget, Experience of God starts next Monday. Don't forget uh, all the other upcoming events we have, in which you can get a bulletin and read them all. In the meantime, let's close in that word of prayer, and I'm going to ask Brother Mark Wheeler to close the prayer.